at Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Hey neighbors, this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastard Radio Show and The Loop. We'll hear from representatives from Vizio about their new lines of flat panel TVs. And then we'll hear from Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and The Loop at loopinsight.com. Say that five times fast. And you'll come up with some with gibberish, I think. (laughs) Peter, welcome back. Listen, there's a story out this week, two stories out, both pointing to a big drop in PC sales. But IBC Ah, says that Apple sales over the quarter, I guess USA-based, were down 7.5%. Gartner does their own survey showing also a drop in PC sales, somewhat less than IDC's but that Apple sales were up 7.4%. Now, factor number three, the NPD group, which only tracks sales, doesn't do estimates, only tracks real sales. In the U.S., in January and February, Mac sales were up 14%. We don't have the NPD group figures for March yet. But if I'm looking at the IDC and Gartner figures, should I hit my head on the wall to see if it feels better when it stops? Yes, that's exactly what you should be doing, Gene. I have to be perfectly honest with you. I have no idea what their methodologies are for this stuff, um, so I I would be negligent to, to comment on it at this point. I, I don't know what the big differences are between how they got their numbers. I do know that that IDC uh, figure, though, got a lot of headlines because um, IDC reported that PC sales uh, globally uh, showed the worst drop since IDC started keeping records in 1994 which is pretty remarkable if you think about it. It's a big dip. It's 14% overall. And this is for the first three months of 2013. So January, February, March, 14% down. And that's the, that's the biggest drop that they've seen in PC sales in, in almost 20 years. Well, that's got to tell you something. But you understand with surveys, there could be a margin for error. That of makes course. sense to me. And the fact is that PC sales... In general, the difference between Gartner and IDC, just a few percentage points. That makes sense. But the right, story but, about Apple mm-hmm. totally doesn't make sense. But then when is IDC ever right? Or when is Gartner ever right? When are any of these, uh, these analysts ever spot on the money? Very rarely. That's the answer. Well, I know if I was subscribing to some kind of analyst service, I'm paying them good money. I'd say, okay, what's your track record? And... Looking at the track record of IDC and Gardner, I throw them both out the door. I say, come on, you're not giving me any information. I might as well go to the paranormal radio show and call up a Ouija board. Look, Gartner and IDC are both pointing in the same direction when it comes to PC sales globally. They're both saying that, that global PC sales are off. What they're quibbling over is is the percentage of decline. Gartner said it's an 11.2% decline, whereas IDC said it was a 14% decline. When you're talking about global PC sales, that's a hell of a big difference, a hell of a big delta between the two of them. It's also a lot worse than IDC predicted. IDC had predicted that there was going to be some kind of decline, but that it was going to be closer to 8%, not 14 One way or the other, fewer people around the world are buying PCs than these two companies expected. As to Mac sales in the U.S., it actually makes perfect sense to me because don't forget, nobody could get their hands on 
uh, iMacs through the end of the year. You know, it's only been since January that Apple started getting uh, iMacs to sell people. And supposedly then that would explain the very sharp increase in Mac sales reported by NPD Group in January. Less so in February, a bunch of iMacs started arriving. Exactly right. So that's that's my guess, but it's it's just a guess. I, I don't know enough about their methodologies uh, to really be able to speak to it authoritat- authoritatively. But I think if you look at the entire picture here, you see maybe at worst Apple gains a few points, loses a few points for the quarter. The PC market is really down the dumps. And you wonder how much of that is Windows 8 fault? Yeah, I mean, Windows 8, one thing we know for sure about Windows 8 is that Windows 8 has not been a net stimulus for PC sales, has it? That's an understatement. I think I've never seen so much skepticism about any Windows release ever. Yeah, since Windows Vista. (laughs) Yes, but I think Windows Vista, at worst, it had some interface elements that were questionable. Windows Vista, at worst, it was slow and buggy. But Windows 8 is a total nightmare. At least Windows Vista, they kind of fixed it up as time went on. Well, you know, the the thing about Windows 8 is that it's a it's a new interface for people to deal with. It's it's a and it's a jarring user interface as well. It, it's not a, a a small change from Windows 7. So, you know, I'm sure that that's putting a lot of people off, but you know, it also means that uh, the the adoption rate in the corporate environment is going to be slow because they've got standards that they've got to adhere to um to keep uh their employees working with the systems that they've got now. So, you know, I'm sure that they're reluctant to buy uh, new machines with Windows 8 on them if it means uh, changing their workflow. Well, I think here that Microsoft has smart people working for them. And I have to say, well, okay, we understand they wanted to get involved in the mobile platform wars. They needed to be relevant. They're going nowhere in tablets. They're going nowhere with the Windows phone. They had to do something. But this kind of smacks of desperation because they have to look at their core customer base, the enterprise. So with Windows 8, you make it such a sea change that even regular consumers have problems with it? I'm sorry, say that one more time, Gene. You have the situation here with Microsoft. And they're smart people. They see no action in terms of Windows Phone, no action in terms of tablets. So they build Windows 8 alienating their core customer base, the enterprise. They don't want to see major changes. If there's going to be a change, it has to have a proven value. It has to make you more productive. How is Windows 8 making you more productive? It's a classic Windows move, right? Ready, fire, aim. You know, you take a look at how Apple has has evolved iOS and OS X concurrently over um, the past seven years. And what you find is that They've moved the two closer together in many ways, right? Uh, you know, I, OS X is openly borrowing interfaces from iOS that it never had before. And some people are a little put off by that. But OS X is still OS X. It's still very much an operating system experience for a computer user. You know, it doesn't tabletify or phonify uh, your computer. You know, however, if you have bought a Mac as a result of having an iOS device, it makes it that much easier for you to use. Microsoft, in the interim, has developed a phone that very few people are interested in. Its penetration rate is absurdly low. And their decision was, hey, you know, let's change our desktop operating system to act more like the phone, just like Apple's doing. But the problem is, 
You don't have a halo effect, Microsoft. You don't have people rushing out to buy Windows phones and then saying, oh, what? You, you know what? I really want a computer running a Microsoft operating system. Chances are they already have a computer running a Microsoft operating system, and they're starting to get away from them and buy Macs. So any way you slice it, it's just it, it's it's an incredibly bizarre and ineffective product development strategy on Microsoft's part. And remember also the iOS stuff that's in OS ten. It's just minor stuff, some minor interface elements and a few apps. It's not a severe change. It's not throwing everything out and starting you up all over again. It's just areas where it makes the movement back and forth between iOS and OS X simpler, but a Mac is still a Mac. But now you buy a Windows PC with Windows 8, and you have to say, what the heck is this? You have no idea what it is because it's presenting a totally different face. The way it's implemented is not very good. It's definitely not discoverable. There are things about it that you have to read about to learn, which is unfortunate. You don't just play around like my wife played with an iPad and discovered most everything on it just by playing around. Windows 8, it's not that easy. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show in the loop at loopinsight.com. So much more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. You know, neighbors, meetings are essential to the way we work. It's an opportunity to share ideas, problem solve, and even develop creative solutions. But you know, if your team is spread out in all sorts of different locations, you know, coming together can be an impossible task. That is, of course, unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. You know, it's the powerful, simple way to meet and collaborate online. And of course, when I try to get together with Chris and our guests for the show, you can see that we have to meet online because we can't get together. We're too far away. That's why we use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST at GoToMeeting.com. GoToMeeting. You see, meeting is believing. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic any time. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas Brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Your freedoms are on the line. The Second Amendment is in danger. How soon before your freedoms are taken away? What can you not live without? What is your greatest dependency? Is it your guns? Is it your home? No, it's food. It all boils down to the food supply. Tyrannical governments control people by controlling their food supply. Don't be dependent. Be self-sufficient. 
Don't wait for the government to feed you. Feed yourself. I can warn you, but I can't feed you. Do like Alex has done and get a supply of food from eFoods Direct. It's the best long-term storable food on the planet. Get the popular Mega Patriot Pack free. A 24-day supply of food plus stove, cook pot, and fuel. Call 800-250-1857 or go to eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex and get up to 20 Mega Patriot Packs free with purchase. Build your food supply. Be in control. Be self-sufficient and be a patriot. Call 800-250-1857 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex and get your free Patriot Pack today. How would you like to have normal blood pressure? This is Ernesto from Illinois. I had my doctor's appointment yesterday and I got my labs in. My HDL is 119L and my LDL is 37L. My doctor asked what I was doing to lower it so much, so I told her about HB Extract. Millions of people like Ernesto are suffering from high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeats, and clogged arteries. But now there's an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation. Heart and Body Extract. My blood pressure has not gone past 125 over 80 in almost a month. Experience amazing benefits when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of Heart and Body Extract. She did a double take when she looked at my ER labs. She couldn't believe it. Order at HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. Thank you. Heart and Body Extract. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, we have none other than Peter Cohen. And we're exploring the platform wars and where Microsoft screwed up and how this might be contributing to the problems with PCs, other than, of course, people buying tablets instead. Uh, yeah, we live in a post-PC world, right? Excuse me, Steve Ballmer says PC+. Plus. Oh, well, Steve Ballmer must be right. Well, it sounds like a comment that you make when you're bombed. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I have to wonder if he's just taking too much of the sauce there. I guess he could sue me for saying that maybe he drinks too much of the sauce. On the other hand, he's a public figure, so maybe he can't. I don't think he can. Oh, okay. All right, Steve Ballmer, you're taking too much of the sauce. Straighten up and fly right. So Microsoft now is coming up with something called Blue. So we got Windows Blue, which is going to be some sort of bug yeah, fix update. Windows blows all right. All right. <laughs> I think you kind of twisted that pronunciation. <laughs> you know, what really blows are these spots, okay? That really blows. Look at the spots for Windows 8, the Surface tablet. The Surface tablet especially, where someone starts clicking the keyboard and the tablet together and clicks faster and more people click and they start dancing and doing break dancing and jumping up and down and prancing. And you think, are they auditioning for a Broadway show? Yeah, it says absolutely nothing about using the product, which is the complete opposite of what Apple does with its ads. 
Um, and, you know, everything about becoming a whirling dervish as soon as you buy this thing. And it seems like the salient point of the um, Microsoft Surface ads is to let you know that uh, when you attach the keyboard uh, to the tablet, it makes an audible clicking sound. Oh, I thought it was imitating the Kit Kat commercials. Maybe that's it. I want to buy some candy while breakdancing. <laughs> I solved the problem. That's what it's that's all about. It. it has nothing to do with computers. So uh, back to Windows Blue for a moment. Windows Blue is uh, the next iteration of Windows 8, but it's more than just a service pack, if you will. It's it's a significant change out of the hood. It's almost like uh, Mountain Lion was to Lion, um, from what I understand. So it's almost a full version update. Yeah, but not in the same way that like Windows 7 uh, to Windows 8 was was a full version upgrade. Th- this is not radically changing the interface, but delivering new versions of apps and uh, new features and, and fixes um, to, to make the operating system more usable. I have a simple answer. Add the start menu and have a default boot into the desktop. That's it. Two fixes. They could probably do it in a couple of days. There you go. See, I fix Windows 8. Uh, Steve Ballmer now has to send me a check. Okay. For doing such a great job. It's just wonderful. But if we look at Apple, how can Apple screw things up? Forget about what Wall Street says, because Wall Street doesn't know what's going on. Clearly, they don't know what's going on, because all their predictions are wrong about Apple. So, looking at Apple, how can Apple screw up in this environment? Assuming sales are decent for the March quarter, which we'll know in maybe two weeks. Well, you know, the fact is Apple uh, screwing up or not screwing up, the company's uh, stock has taken a huge hit over the course of the past year. You know, Wall Street does not have a lot of faith in Apple right now that, that, that Apple is, is capable of doing the right thing. Is that a doubt expressed about Tim Cook? They think, well, Jobs is gone, so Cook has to bring out products he doesn't know how. Whereas, of course, as we have learned more and more, Steve Jobs greenlit projects probably for three, four years, knowing his time was short before he died. You know, I, I think that, that um, you know, some wishy-washy feelings about Tim Cook are, are, are probably um, to blame for some of it. I think watching Samsung sort of rise ascendant uh, in terms of sales and in terms of profits has uh, given analysts another big pause. Uh, Seeing Apple sit on a huge mountain of money and not do anything with it uh, seems to be another favorite complaint of analysts. So I think that there there are a number of reasons uh, that have have pushed Apple's uh, stock price down. And I also think that you know, it got up there and, uh, you know, people with big holdings, fund managers and stuff like that decided to cash out and start taking some profits. So, of course, one thing feeds upon another. A couple of rumors come out and suddenly Apple stock takes a nosedive. Yeah, and suddenly Apple's persona non grata again. And Samsung is the big hero. Um, yeah, it looks that way right now anyway. All right, I guess we'll have to see how that turns out. I don't know. None of this makes any sense. I think... Maybe we have to move the paranormal show to the tech show to be able to predict things better. There we go. You see, it's a paranormal universe. Logic and reason do not apply. But then it still goes back to this here. Apple can't obviously listen to what the critics say. Because the critics for 25 years have said Apple has to build cheap gear. They had to license the OS. 
we saw how that affected the company, killed the company. So Apple knows you almost do the opposite of what the critics say. Yeah, there does seem to be a certain perversity in um, in, in the way that Apple acts when uh, they get armchair quarterback advice from, from various quarters. Well, you have to consider it this way, too, that with Apple, they already have their long-term plan. A lot of companies don't know what long-term planning means. They just want to have a good quarter. Well, not only do a lot of companies not understand what long-term planning means, but I don't think a lot of people on Wall Street understand it either. They're only interested in short-term gains. So the idea of a company you know, with a long-term business plan is anathema to them. Right, that doesn't work very well. Although I did see an article the other day pointing out that two family-owned companies seem to be doing better with long-term plans. One is Ford, because Ford, the majority stock, is still held by the Ford family. And Fiat, the majority stock, is still held by the descendants of the founding family. But they claim they have better long-range visions because the family has a personal stake. It's the family it's the reputation. They basically have more of a commitment to the company, whereas the executive du jour, well, someone else hands them another $50 million, they go elsewhere. There's no loyalty. Yeah, and there's, there's something to be said for that. I mean, take a look at Dell. You know, Dell's going private, I think, largely for that reason, so they don't have to answer to, uh, uh, to, 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 to Wall Street. Right, but that means that Michael Dell has a clue how to save the company. And that has to be a way that they are saying, okay, you know what you're doing, we'll let you go private and go do it. But I think there's a lot of skepticism about that, especially since after Dell returned as CEO of the company, it hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think what they should do, Michael Dell, I know you don't know me from a hole in the wall, let me tell you what to do. Here's the solution from the Tech Night Owl Live. All you need to do is sell off the company and give the stock back to the shareholders. Close yeah. down. That's it. That oh, that's what he said about Apple, isn't it? That yeah, would pe- be poetic justice, wouldn't it? I sure would. Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hey, neighbors. Got a small business or a large company that needs to be online 24-7? Well, here's the little secret. To make sure your site is always online, you need world-class DNS service from Dyn. That's D-Y-N. For years, Dyn has been helping companies ranging from the scrappy young startup to the giant media moguls of the world with making sure websites are fast and always available and that your emails are getting delivered. D-Y-N. Get faster internet by using Dyn for DNS. Visit Dyn.com slash podcast 30. Fill out the contact form or start shopping right away and save 30% by using the promo code PODCAST30 at checkout. Again, visit Dyn.com, that's D-Y-N.com, slash PODCAST30. Check them out today. What's 
safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All renovation teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order renovation teas at renovationtea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Start life over. Spend more quality time with your family. Take more vacations. Own your own business. Be healthy and earn the kind of income you've always dreamed of. Is it possible? Yes, with Longevity. First, you've got to see the video that is turning the medical industry upside down. Go to HealthyBody13.com. That's HealthyBody13.com. Watch this video. Then pre-register for the Spring Longevity Convention, May 2nd through 4th in Las Vegas, Nevada. And guess who will be there? Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And I prescribe the Healthy Body Challenge, and I'll be there. Hi, I'm Steve Schultz, Vice President of Training here at Longevity. I'm taking the Healthy Body Challenge, and I'll be there. Hi, this is Ted Anderson, President of the Genesis Communications Network. I'm taking the Healthy Body Challenge, and I'm going to be there. Take the Healthy body challenge and don't miss the longevity convention in las vegas nevada may 2nd through 4th for more information go to healthybody13.com or call 1-800-360-8695 that's 800-360-8695 do you suffer from low functioning adrenal or thyroid gland did you know that mercury from your dental fillings comes off your teeth both as a vapor and as metal particles into your body wherever mercury deposits in your body it stops cells from functioning normally animal studies show that mercury causes kidney function to drop by 60%. Mercury deposited into your adrenals or thyroid will cause a corresponding drop in function. The number one method by which your body detoxifies itself of mercury is glutathione. The number one superfood that helps turn on all 75 trillion cells of your body to produce glutathione is non-denatured whey protein from grass-fed cows. After investigating most high-end whey proteins on the market, only one is the most non-denatured, the most active, the most complete, and in our opinion, the most powerful in what nature originally put into the fresh raw whey. It is One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Peter Cohen joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. He's with The Loop at LoopInsight.com and the Angry Mac Bastards radio show, where it gets hot and heavy and then some. Let's just talk about the issues here. Okay, so we were talking about executives before, and we have to think about a certain guy named Ron Johnson who worked with Steve Jobs to build the Apple Store chain. He had a great reputation at Target. So J.C. Penney, suffering the doldrums, I guess the company that was built over 100 years ago by a guy named J.C. Penney, by the way, not doing well, so they hire Ron Johnson. He's going to make miracles. He's gone. 17 months. They didn't give him a year and a half. 
Well, it was killing the company. I think their sales are down, what, 30%? Nobody knows what JCPenney stands anymore. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, it, it's true. And, and um, you know, this is this is a really sad, um, I think, uh, uh, statement on something, and I'm not sure what exactly. JCPenney was suffering a great deal before Ron Johnson um, arrived 18 months or 17 months ago. But um, Johnson had a kind of radical... Uh, idea for how to remake the company. And uh, this idea, I think, has not tracked very well because the the company stepped away from some core expectations of its core audience. You know, its, its core audience, the, the people who have been going to pennies forever, you know, we're looking for coupons, we're looking for uh, perceived value, and Johnson said, you know, let's put an end to that type of stuff. Let's use a new pricing method, um, you know, where, where we just give people good values. And, you know, we don't mark things up to mark them down. And, and we'll use whole, whole figures when pricing items instead of, you know, ending prices in, you know, $9.99. We'll, we'll round up to $10 uh, instead. And, uh, you know, we'll start opening some, uh, some mini stores and we'll start uh, trying to get in a younger clientele. And it just did not work. It just did not work. So 17 months later, they kicked him out and they brought the, the guy who uh, he replaced back in to run the company. The unkindest cut of all. But, of course, in a situation like the Apple Store, you're building a chain from scratch, no expectations, and you can't diminish the value of what Steve Jobs did. It wasn't True. just Ron Johnson building the Apple store. It was Steve Jobs and Ron Johnson, and you'd have to separate the tasks. But even Johnson coming to J.C. Penney, his biggest mistake would have been to do everything abruptly if he sat back and took stock of the situation, understand the customer base, understand why customers go to J.C. Penney's, understand why customers don't go, and maybe modify things. But you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater because all you did was alienate the customers. And now how do they bring them back? I mean, if you look at JCPenney's and you look at any of these general purpose department stores like Macy's and Dillard's, there aren't really big differences. And I'll give you an example. Where I live, there's a Macy's store. And within a couple of blocks in the same mall, there's a Dillard's store. And if I close the labels, if I shut my eyes to the labels of the stores, I can go through Macy's and Dillard's and I can't figure out what the difference is. Now, somebody could tell me, but I mentioned this, I think, a few weeks ago on the show, and nobody did. Okay. <laughs> so I don't presume to know what Johnson could have done to fix J.C. Penney's, but I think when you have an entrenched chain that's been around for 100 years, you can't start from scratch. That was a big mistake he made. Or maybe he let his ego get to him that he could work miracles. He did Target, he did the Apple Store. He's the miracle worker. Well, that's just it. You know, he he might have created the uh, Apple stores out of whole cloth, and obviously Steve Steve Jobs was was very influential there um, as well. But um, you know, he he had had big box retail success previously at Target, so it's not like Johnson, I think, had any false expectations about being able to recreate J.C. Penney from the ground up. Um, you're talking about, as you point out, a, a century-old store. That means that you know there's a huge amount of inertia um, and and a huge resistance to major transformative change uh, for for the company. That 
is still a work in progress. You know, some people have 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 voiced the opinion that perhaps JCPenney didn't give Johnson long enough to actually affect significant change within the company. You know, that they should have given him more than a year and a half, maybe maybe three years or four years before they had ultimately decided. But the problem is that they're bleeding cash at such a rate right now, they can't afford not to. They couldn't afford not to make a major change. I still think there was a lot of ego involved there. If Johnson had simply held back and made those changes slower, gradually, educating existing customers to the advantage, get them used to the new things, not just throw out the stuff they liked about the store such as it was. I think that's the situation where he made the big mistake. And now we got the old guy back in, so what does he do to fix things? Well, he'll probably remake the stores the way they were hoping to bring back as many customers as possible and then hopefully deal with something on the long term or just muddle along. Well, you know, they've already they've already asked him what he's planning on doing and he said that there's nothing wrong with the idea of having attractions. In other words, there's nothing wrong with the idea of having these little mini stores within um, JCPenney to attract customers. Uh, so I, I don't think that he's completely going to erase Johnson's footprint on the company, but Omen is probably going to to, to, to have a more conservative approach to change than Johnson did, certainly. Possibly roll and, back and, the changes, give the coupons back. People want and, their coupons at JCPenney. And, by the way, it's worth noting that Omen is only the interim CEO. He hasn't stepped back into the full CEO role. role. Presumably, the company is starting a search for uh, another permanent uh, fixture at the top of the company. Well, he also goes back to... How does an executive who's been successful in one place fare at another company? So John Rubenstein did very well as a hardware chief over at Apple. They hired him at Palm. Palm is gone. Does that mean that Rubenstein failed or maybe he was out of his element? I don't know. But there is a perception that you take any successful executive, you bring them somewhere else, and they'll make magic. They'll make miracles. It doesn't always work that way. It certainly doesn't always work that way, and it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's the nature of the beast, I guess. Well, for example, Meg Whitman, CEO of HP. She was successful at eBay, but eBay is basically a store. It's like a flea market, I guess. Lots of little stores make it up. You have the auctions and everything, kind of like a large flea market. And so she's running HP. What's the difference? What's the resemblance is the real question. There's no resemblance to what HP does than with what eBay does. Two totally separate businesses, and she hasn't a clue. True enough, yeah. So we don't see HP being remade. I think right now Mr. Hewlett and Mr. Packard are both spinning in their graves. (laughs) If they're watching over this, seeing what was done to the company that bears their name, you almost think they should have kept members of the family in the business if they even had people who would participate. But remember also when you criticize Tim Cook at Apple, remember, he's been there since the 1990s. It's not like they brought somebody outside the company to become CEO. He's been there already. So he knows the culture. He's lived within that culture. He's been assimilated into that culture. Not like the Borg, of course. Not like the Borg, no. Of course, the big question is with the new Star Trek series, will they bring back the Borg? Oh, I hope not for a while. We've got a lot of uh, canon to to to, to reinvent uh, before uh, we get to there, don't we? The villain now in Star Trek Into Darkness, he's not Khan, but they're implying that he is Khan. Maybe we are being conned. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe we are. And we want to know whether, of course, if that happens, whether Chris Pine can channel William Shatner saying, Khan! We'll see. One of the famous lines in motion picture history. Think about it. And Khan's rubber chest. There is that. I thought that was a little bit over the top. You want to make sure the guy's in good physical shape. But some things are just over the top. They're absurd. Coming up shortly, we'll be hearing from Vizio, who will be telling us all about their flat panel displays. And, of course, we'll hear from Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. It's never absurd when we bring on Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. George Washington said, Government is not reason, it is not eloquence, it is force, like fire. It is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. America's government is no longer the servant of the people and the protector of our liberty, but has become that fearful master. We the people must understand the nature of this government gone awry if we are to be successful in saving our country. America is being deliberately destroyed by a cabal of international gangsters so that she can be forced into subjugation to a one-world government. The God-given, unalienable rights of the Declaration of Independence are in jeopardy. We must not let them be stolen by ambitious and evil men. Utopia Silver Supplements believes it is our God-given right to make our own health care decisions however we deem best. If we can help you with your supplement needs and better health, then help us win this health freedom battle. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A silver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. Again, 888-213-4338. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. With Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show on The Loop at loopinsight.com, we continue our discussion about Microsoft, about Apple, about how things are going. And now there's a story that Apple wants to improve its partnership with Yahoo, with the goal being, of course, to excise all remnants of Google from the iOS especially. Get rid of Google. Yeah, I've seen this rumor pop up. I saw this rumor pop up um, uh, in the past couple of days. This is, this is kind of an interesting one. You know, the the one of the the progenitors of this particular uh, rumor is a guy named Shaw Wu. He's an analyst over at Sternergy, and uh, Wu's track record on predicting what exactly Apple is going to do is kind of spotty. So I think we need to, to take this with a grain of salt. But Wu's uh, perspective on it I, does does bear some truth to it. He says that. You know, this this tension between Apple and Google has made Yahoo sort of the Switzerland of Internet companies, the, the neutral country here, um, which would make Yahoo a really good partner for Apple um, as it looks for alternatives to kind of fill in the gaps as it, as it tries to replace um, what's going on with uh, with Google. I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know that, that Apple necessarily has to uh, push out Google uh, in favor of Yahoo, and really where? I mean, Google Maps or, or Google's data uh, system for the for the Maps application is gone now. Uh, you know, that's 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 Apple controlled. I think that Apple would love to pull in uh, to its own house um, any sort of 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 data mining that it can, uh, wherever that makes sense. Well, the other thing with Google, I guess, because they're rival companies, 
in a very big way. Maybe Apple wants to see Google less dependent on the iOS for income, but that puts Google in a pretty strange place because a lot of the income that Google gets comes from Apple. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, where would Yahoo really be be used? I, I, I see. I see uh, Yahoo strengthening or Siri strengthening its connections to Yahoo. That would make sense. Assuming that in terms of performance, it is better or as good. But remember also that Yahoo's search feature is controlled by Microsoft. It's really being relabeled. This is true. But that would be interesting here if Apple started shipping computers with Yahoo as the default search engine. There are a lot of other Yahoo uh, web properties, though. You've got Yahoo News and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of content out there that Yahoo still uh, still owns and still produces. But Yahoo itself is a company in serious transition. So um, I, I, I don't see that, that Apple... I don't see a partnership uh, with uh, between Apple and and Yahoo really making sense from from Apple's standpoint because Yahoo's a big question mark right now. Well, the question being, as you say, will Yahoo be able to survive as a separate company? Will Microsoft ultimately come in and be the suitor to take them over? Certainly, Apple wouldn't because there's no value in that. Right. Exactly. The question being here whether Apple could just create their own, roll their own, but mm-hmm. then. Does Apple want to get involved in all that stuff as a news aggregator and all that? Mm. No, I don't see that happening. Where's the value in that? There you go. So you are colored skeptical. I am colored skeptical, yes. Okay, so a skeptical bent of Apple and Yahoo, but people come up with these stories thinking that maybe they'll have traction or they will get hits, and that might be a big argument. That is always a big argument for spreading rumors. Spreading rumors. They can't stop talking about a cheap iPhone. In fact, I saw one mock-up where they wanted to make the iPhone have the plastics of the early iMacs translucent. So you get a translucent iPhone for, what, two ninety nine, Or whatever. Or whatever. Does anybody want a translucent smartphone? We look like a toy, I think. Well... Bear in mind that the whole reason why the artists who created that thing did create their translucent iPhone mock-up is uh, based on a threadbare rumor uh, published by DigiTimes, which um, uh, you want to talk about uh, organizations with really spotty track records on Apple rumors. DigiTimes is the poster child uh, for talking out of their posterior when it comes to what Apple has planned. DigiTimes is the one that started this. The, the cheap iPhone is coming in. It will be in a translucent shell. Rumor. There you go. You know, I think would be a good idea here if somebody out there began to score industry analysts and rumor sites pointing out over the years what kind of track record they have. You know, maybe, for example, IDC averages 30% or something, or Gartner averages 40%. I'm just pulling figures out of my hat here. I'm not saying anything. But the point being here is that every time they report this, there's that little chart that comes out saying, okay, over the last five years, this company has managed 10% accuracy. So immediately you know the value of the story. It's kind of like Nielsen with the Nielsen ratings. You know how popular a TV show is. So wouldn't it be nice to know how popular, rather how accurate, a financial or tech analyst is? Um, yeah, you know, um, Philip Elmer DeWitt over at CNN Money does uh, something exactly like that every quarter. 
uh, when it comes to Apple specifically. It's it's actually kind of an interesting thing. Um, so yeah, that there, there is definitely that stuff out there. Ah, that sounds nice. Yes, we need to see more of that though. We do need to see more of that. I agree. Yeah, that would be really nice because this way we get a sense of how accurate these pundits are. And of course, I expect not to be accurate at all. But let's get back to the core question here. Apple and the cheap iPhone. Is that a must product now? Will Apple be forced into it by the sheer weight of numbers of people urging them to do it? Huh. You know, Apple is certainly trying to find ways to reach new markets with the phone and uh, with its phones. And we, we've seen this, um, uh, you know, for, for some time now. Um, you know, the 3GS available is a free phone. Uh, uh, the the 4 uh, available. Um, the 4S still available. The, um, uh, and so on. You could buy an unsubsidized phone now from a variety of different companies. Um, and it makes sense that Apple is going to continue that effort uh, because Apple is, of course, interested in selling as many iPhones as it can. But Tim Cook's been very careful to couch... Um, uh, speculation that Apple is working on a cheaper iPhone by saying, hey, look, you know, we, we can't be all things to all people. You know, we can't reach everyone with our products. Our goal is just to make great products. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is, you know, iPhones or I should say smartphones with premium features uh, command premium prices. Um you know, it's it's not cheap to buy um, an un, an unsubsidized iPhone that's you know modern and up to date and capable of 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 keeping pace with what's going on right now. Uh, it isn't cheap to do that, uh, not just for an iPhone, but also for an Android phone. There are certainly cheap Android phones out there, but you you get what you pay for. And I I can't see Apple offering a significantly diminished experience uh, to iPhone users just for the sake of hitting. Uh, a price point that might make it more attractive for people in uh, emerging markets. All right, let's look at this right now. The iPhone 4 from 2010 unlocked its 450 from Apple, and maybe you get it for less than 400 from other places. Now, what about a 299 iPhone? Could Apple do it? Could Apple do it without seriously cheapening the product? Could they build enough of them to overcome that reduced price? I don't mean a really cheap phone. We're talking about two ninety nine, not much cheaper than maybe some of those Nexus phones from Google. Maybe I don't know. I don't think Apple is just going to do it unless they plan to. I mean, there is a forty nine dollar iPod, so we know Apple can make lower price gear if they see that they can do it right. Yeah, but the forty nine dollar iPod is not an iPod Shuffle. Of course not. You know, and the iPod Nano is not an iPod Shuffle either at one forty nine. So, um, how how much do you diminish the the iPhone experience and still call it an iPhone? I think that there is a narrower uh, uh, margin of error there for the iPhone than there is for the iPod. Well, I'm talking about a price reduction of say twenty five percent. Right. I'm not thinking that as severe. I'm thinking if Apple builds enough of them and realizes economies in designing and building the device without exotic assembly processes, maybe they could do it and still make a decent profit and still provide value to the customer. Who knows? Coming up shortly, we'll be hearing from Vizio, 
who will be telling us all about their flat panel displays. We know that we've got Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and The Loop at loopinside.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Gardeners, here comes another growing season, but don't use last year's soil. Maximize yields in your survival garden with EM1 from Terragamics. EM1 is an organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant that provides a broad spectrum of beneficial microorganisms, enzymes, trace minerals, vitamins, and various organic acids. EM1 helps regulate the soil's pH level and its soil microbes, improving moisture retention and drought tolerance. Remember last year's dry conditions? EM1 from Terragamics is safe, chemical-free, and certified for use on all organic farms. It improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, and gives up to 20% more nutrient value in fruits and vegetables and greatly increases shelf life. And EM1 is so simple to use, just mix with water and apply. This year, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terragonics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terragonics, life's getting better. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On with rumors and information that will never die about Apple with Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show on the loop at loopinsight.com. Looking now at software. The iOS, of course, the predictions are iOS 7, OS 10.9 will bear the fingerprints of Jonathan Ive, less eccentricities. Do you think Apple has enough time? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, from everything that I've heard, you know, the, 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 the Oompa Loompas at, uh, in Cupertino were working very hard uh, with that. But of course, last October... Tim Cook uh, handed over the reins of uh, what's what the company calls its human interface uh, uh, teams uh, to Johnny Ive, and this was after the unceremonious departure um, of uh, Scott Forstall. Um, 
Ive is supposedly not a fan of skeuomorphic interfaces. It, it makes sense that if he is in charge of this stuff, that we will see less skeuomorphism uh, in future iterations of iOS and OS X. Meaning the calendar won't look like a desktop calendar. Right, exactly. Skeuomorphism is um, the technique of making one object resemble uh, something else. So, um, you know, in, in your example, those little tear marks on the, uh, uh, the calendar app that uh, have always really irritated me. <laughs> it's meant to look like you've actually torn uh, off a calendar page from a desktop calendar. It's, it's a silly embellishment. Some people like it. I don't really care for it that much. I would prefer, um, personally, I would prefer a more minimalist design. Remove the excesses, which is just a matter of redoing the Photoshop artwork. Correct, yeah. The core code of the app can be anything. The look is just a piece of artwork. They can change it, they can simplify that, and probably once they agree to a design, it could be grafted onto any app code within a matter of days. It's not a severe change. I think a lot of people might wonder about consistency of the OS and whether it's time to make a sea change, because right now, Despite the criticisms about iOS interactions with OS X, it's still the OS interface from 1984 in terms of the basic form and functionality. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, I will make it look more like Windows 8. Of course, and maybe the moon is made of Limburger cheese mixed with some grasshoppers. That's something to explore on the Paracast, I'm sure. We get crazy, but not that crazy. So, I have to tell you, ever listen to the PowerCast? I'm going to ask you a serious question. Uh, yes, I've heard it, uh, not recently, but I have listened to it in the past. You might like this current episode for this weekend. We have George Knapp. He is a real Peabody Award-winning investigative journalist. He's won Emmys. And he works with the I-Team at KLAS-TV in Las Vegas. He's a real mainstream reporter who happens to cover UFOs and the paranormal. Very interesting. So he's quite a guy that's going to be on the Paracast. We're going to give you that plug. Because this way, if you think only wacko people like me follow those subjects, that's not true. All right. Let's, in this final segment with Peter Cohen, look at the rest of the year from Apple. Maybe fearless predictions. I know we get those from your colleague at the Loop, Jim Dalrymple. But okay, is Apple going to build a TV set? No. So what about the Apple TV? Does it change significantly or just have more apps? Yeah, I think that uh, Apple will continue to evolve the Apple TV, the the little black box um, uh, that it sells. But I, I don't see Apple getting into the actual television panel game. I think that's a game where the real problems of a TV set are not addressed with the core TV set. Whatever Apple can do, it's about interface, it's about switching among peripheral devices. That doesn't require building the TV set. And that market, if you think smartphones were saturated when Apple entered the smartphone race, I got to tell you, TVs are so saturated Any newcomer is going to have a heck of a time, even if it's Apple. 
Well, yeah, in fairness, uh, the smartphone market wasn't saturated, although it was it was it was pretty well defined at the point that Apple got into it. But clearly, uh, it wasn't saturated because not just Apple, but a lot of other people have been selling uh, smartphones hand over fist. And in fact, the entire market seems to be swinging that way towards smartphones. But they redefined um, it. They they did redefine it. That's absolutely right. The difference between that and TVs is exactly what you said, Gene. It is incredibly saturated with. Um, uh, companies that are very entrenched in this market that own their own manufacturing capacity, companies like Samsung, for example, which is one of the biggest uh, sellers of, of flat panel televisions right now. Um, and they are not going to give up uh, that that market very easily. What's more, the retail market around uh, around products like television is a very, very different space than Apple's used to competing in. You know, I, I just don't see it as – I never have seen it as making any sense that Apple would want to jump into that market. Um, I do think it's entirely feasible, though, that Apple will continue to build out the Apple TV um, and will add functionality not just to the Apple TV but to other products that work with the Apple TV like Macs and iOS devices to make that – experience of watching content on your television more holistic and easier to do because let's face it there's a very steep learning curve for a lot of people to try to even get a picture on your tv the more apple can make cable companies and uh dish network and uh and 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 red box irrelevant to the average consumer uh, the better off the consumer and Apple are going to be. So Apple has a vested interest in trying to simplify this process here. Um, and and that's, that's the direction I think that they're going to go for that particular product. I'll give you an example of where people have problems. Like the other day, Vizio sent us one of their TV sets. They're a big maker, top three maker of flat panel TVs. In fact, that's the next guest on the show. We have a representative from Vizio. Okay, they sent me a TV, and the TV works fine. Really good TV, but I wanted to integrate it with my Logitech Harmony remote. And that is a problem. You know, you want to use a universal remote because you want to switch from your TV to your Blu-ray player, to your DVR, to your game console. You want to do it seamlessly, not have to push 16 different buttons. You want everything to be integrated. The Logitech Harmony remote is supposed to be the integration device. It's not so smooth, and I had to have help from somebody at Logitech... And that was a bear to get that kind of assistance to make it work just to select the inputs on the TV. We're talking not about a weird TV set. We're talking about a top three TV maker, a mass market TV. There are millions of them out there. And we had to go through all sorts of conniptions to get that well, you don't even to have work. to look. You don't even have to look as far as Logitech to, to see those problems. I mean, when I got my uh, last Comcast box installed, they handed me a remote, a, a uh, remote that, that uh, controls my, uh, uh, my TV and the stereo amplifier that I get my audio out of, as well as the cable box itself. And um, since then, I've had to replace the TV, which meant you know figuring out what magic code it was that uh, my new TV responds to. But half the time, unless I've got the angle just right, it doesn't hit the sensors on all of the devices, and uh, uh, and and fails to turn one of them on, which means I have to go back and manually power on, or you know hit the power button again and uh, send another command over the remote. Um, and what's worse is that its functionality for some of these devices is very limited. I might have 
the audio button selected and might hit the wrong button on the remote. And then all of a sudden, instead of the video input uh, for, for audio, I'm listening to a DVD or the FM radio. It's craziness. I'll tell you. And the other thing, of course, is that in situations like that, the remote sensing situation is what really kills it. If you don't aim it just right, it's bad. They should all use Bluetooth or something. Peter Cohen, tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do. You can find me at uh, The Loop, which is loopinsight.com, um, at uh, my podcast, angrymacbastards.com, or on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. And I won't even try to define what that last word means. Yeah, better to leave it... Uh, Leave it alone. It's part of our paranormal interdimensional universe. Peter it Cohen. is indeed. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Gene. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vape-free e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by 
by serving thousands of worldwide customers with Real People Customer Service. Fast, free, same-day shipping and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Amino acids have to be delivered to your body in the shape that nature gave them if they are to be used to create new proteins in your body. Just like a bricklayer cannot use bent or twisted bricks to build a brick wall, so too your body cannot use bent or twisted amino acids to build new proteins. Giving your body an undamaged amino acid food can make a huge difference in your health. One World Way is an undamaged amino acid food unlike any other. You see, heating bends and twists amino acids, and all whey protein powders we've investigated and most proteins you consume are heated. With our True Cool process, you now have a choice with One World Way. My name is Daniel. I'm 34 years old. When I started using One World Way, I weighed 228 pounds. Now, after two and a half months, I weigh 182 pounds. This is my ideal weight. I've noticed an increase in stamina, rate of recovery from workouts, and an increase in my potency. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. On the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg, we have Carlos Angulo. He's the marketing manager for HDTV at Vizio, which means he's right in the thick of all the new technologies of flat panel TVs. Carlos, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let me ask you first before we start about Vizio. You know, Vizio sort of came out of the blue. We heard about all these other big companies out there, and suddenly there's Vizio. And suddenly Vizio's a big player in the industry. How'd you guys get started? We actually just celebrated our 10-year anniversary in October of 2012. We really got started with the idea of delivering consumers the latest best technology at the best value. So William Wang walked into Costco, noticed that there was many TVs in there that, that were sold for, um, at the time, $10,000 for a 42-inch flat panel. He just thought that he could deliver better solutions, so one thing led to another, and he was able to to develop uh, the first flat screen under $5,000. His vision has always been to just deliver the best technologies at the best value, and that's kind of what has really made us very successful, is just um, continuing to to push the envelope and continue to um, work on new technologies, and it went from being a value brand that was really focused on price and delivering great technology at great value to now. Now, we are technology leaders, and we do have some key achievements um, that really have taken us to the next level. For example, we are the number one in large size screens. So in 2012, was a big year for large size, and we, we quickly ramped up. We have an entire line of Wi-Fi connected smart TVs that made us the number one brand in Wi-Fi connected televisions. Sold more smart TVs in 2012 than any other 
manufacturer out there, and uh, then we kind of moved into some other categories, so you'll find us in the soundbar audio category. We recently, um, in the last few years, have, have been able to, to, to really become number one in that category as well. So it really is not only about delivering value, but really just pushing the envelope in terms of technology and making that attainable to mainstream uh, consumers. Now, Carlos, one of the things that Vizio did was basically overhaul the industry in the sense that after you did what you did, which is to make flat panel TV affordable, you forced all the other companies to have to bring their prices down. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it really was just that. It, it, it's something where we were the first to actually introduce a panel at a attainable price point for, for most consumers. And then we also, actually, within the process, we also introduced a premium packaging. We were the first company to actually introduce a full four-color print packaging. And what you ended up seeing by some of the other competitors is that they had to bring the prices down and they had to... Um, improve on the brown box packaging. So, Well, we know that the box in which this 55-inch TV that we have here came in was really nice, you know, really nicely presented. Also economical in the sense of it's not fat. We're talking about very thin TV. The boxing is well insulated, but it's relatively small and easy to take things out. But I want to talk about some of the technologies that we've seen in the changes. Now, originally, we all talked about plasma TV, but today LED has emerged triumphant. How did this happen? Well, if you think about one of the biggest innovations in TV, it really is LED and its growth and what it's done to to the market. Um, Plasmas and LCDs have obviously um, done well in uh, the flat panel space, but LEDs, not only do they deliver a better picture, better color, but they're more energy efficient, they're environmentally friendly, and overall just produce a much better product. Let me explain this in a very definable sense. I have, I'll mention the manufacturer, we know who they are. We have a Panasonic Plasma TV from 2008, a 50-inch in our home. I can tell you that that TV was responsible for a 3 to 5 degree increase in the room temperature in our master bedroom. And we're talking about phoenix arizona where it gets pretty hot in the summer (laughs) and we had to literally where we used to live have a special fan added to our bedroom because of the tv set and i'm telling the truth here you know now of course we put in your 55 inch tv and the thing runs perfectly cool it's like it uses about the same power as what a light bulb yeah, I mean, many of these TVs are, are just, again, overall much more efficient. In fact, to your point, we were comparing our 32-inch class and our 39-inch class 2012 LCD TV to a 2013 LED TV, and it's actually more than 50% energy efficient. To your point earlier, it consumes less power than a light bulb. Now, let's talk about the technologies. I mean, I go to a store like a Sam's Club or a Walmart or a Best Buy, and I see... It looks like a 1,000 TVs there. I'm going nuts, and I see all these little buzzwords and everything, and I need to know what they are talking about. So, for example, the 55-inch, we're talking about the E551D slash A0. Okay. We're talking about Razer LED. Now, what does LED mean in relationship to LCD? Well, LED is the backlight of LCD. So LCD is the liquid crystals 
and whether you're using a CCFL-based LCD or an LED-based LCD, LCD is constant. So we're still using the same crystals. What changes is the backlight, right? And when we talk about LED, there's really two different backlights. There's a full array backlight, which means that you have LED spread out throughout the entire back panel of the flat panel or uh, the flat screen, or you have edge LED, which we coin as razor LED. And with razor LED, what you end up doing is you have these LEDs on top and bottom or side to side, and what you end up getting is an ultra-thin, razor-thin TV that's about an inch to two inches thin. Now, is there any advantage or disadvantage of one technology over the other? So um, edge LED, again, big benefit there is the fact that, that, that the overall TV is much thinner. So, you know, from a design standpoint, consumers want a thin TV. They come to understand that the thinner the TV, the cleaner it looks. And with full array, depending on the amount of LED lights in the back, it's full array LED where you have 900 plus LED lights back there, um, you actually just get an overall much cleaner picture performance. So you get um, a nice, even balance and um, uniformity across the entire screen. And then you have a new kind of emerging trend and technology that has come about in the full array LED line is kind of more what we call, which is using the same technology as full array LED, but we're not using as many LED lights. You kind of spread them out, you use fewer lights, so it gives you that same uniformity across the screen, so it's nice and even, um, but you're not using as many LED lights, and what you end up getting is a better price point and a more energy-efficient TV. Define smart dimming. Smart dimming. Smart dimming is something that came about with LED as well. Smart dimming, as an industry term, it's called local dimming, and the whole idea is that you get the backlight, and it will intuitively turn itself on and off based on the content that's on screen. So if you're watching a movie, let's say I'm watching Batman, it's a dark scene on the right side, it's bright people on the left side, it will actually know what content is playing and it will dim out all the lights on the right side and all the LED lights on the left side remain on and bright. And what you end up getting is very deep, dark blacks whenever there's dark content and those dark blacks make the white bright colors look brighter and what you end up receiving is just much better contrast overall carlos sangulo from vizio joining gene steinberg we're on the tech night out live are you tired of searching for great talk radio something more important search no more we are the gcn radio network whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods' one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are natural, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in Mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves the Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Carlos Angulo from Vizio joining us. He's the marketing manager for their HDTV division. Therefore, he's an expert on flat panel TVs. And we're trying to take the buzzwords out of your selection of a flat panel TV. You go to a store and you got to figure out what all this stuff means. We've been defining edge-lit LED and smart dimming and stuff like that. Let's look at some of the other features you expect to see in a TV. Nowadays, we're seeing 3D. We have active and we have passive. And your term is theater 3D, which I presume is passive. Explain the difference to our listeners. Yes. 
So um, active, in a nutshell, active really puts the burden on the glasses. So what you end up having is you have some powered glasses that have some shuttering mechanisms, and once you power them on, it actually kind of shutters back and forth between the left and the right lens. And um, really all the brain work happens on the glasses. The TV actually has an IR emitter where it just recognizes which lens is being shuttered at that time. TV is not doing much. A lot of the hard work is being done on the glasses. With passive, it actually takes that and reverses it. So um, it actually has a polarized panel on the TV itself. So uh, we place the burden on the TV, and what you end up experiencing is you have some glasses that are battery-free, they're polarized, um, very much like what you wear in the sun, like sunglasses, and what you've experienced in uh, the movie theater. So you have some inexpensive glasses um, that are very comfortable and very much more practical than, than um, what you experience with Active. Now, Active, those glasses can cost 100 or $150 a pair. So you can imagine if you have a big family, it gets to be pretty expensive. Now, let me ask you, in theory, then, I go to the multiplex and I see a 3D film. And at the end of the film, if they ask for the glasses back and I don't give it to them, I take it home. We don't want to tell people to steal anything. I could use those glasses on your TV. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I I think that um, what makes... 3D so challenging to consumers is that they just don't want to wear the glasses. I mean, it's not practical. So the next thing to not wearing the glasses is wearing glasses that are very comfortable. So the fact that you could take these glasses home, the picture looks brighter, it's flicker-free, um, and just feels much more comfortable, I, I think really makes a connection with, with consumers and really is something that the entire family can enjoy, from grown-ups to kids. And if you're watching a Super Bowl or you're having a large viewing party, Imagine trying to charge 10 different pairs of glasses and making sure that none of them die because if one dies, then everybody will have to take off their glasses, right? So for right, practice, well, of course, they'll be fighting, too. Imagine all these families screaming and yelling at each other. Now, we have a family just next door to us. They have five kids. So imagine seven pairs of active glasses at $100 a piece. They can buy a whole TV set for that. Let me ask you, though, in the future, maybe we'll see... TV, 3D without the glasses? Yeah, it's, you know, with the progression of 3D, and at CS 2013 was the first time, or not the first time, but it was really the first time that that, um, the glasses-free technology was actually presentable, so the quality was good, and um, it's still an emerging technology today, so it's something that you won't see immediately, like this year, but it's something that that it's inevitable, and uh, you'll see in uh, 2014 and in years to come. So next time you come back on the show, maybe we'll be talking about 3D without glasses. (laughs) The other thing that's coming out now is what they call 4K or ultra-high-definition, ultra-HD TVs. And I know that at the CES you demonstrated a line that's going to come out later this year. So you're getting into a real high-end product there. What is ultra-HD giving us over regular HD? I mean, it comes down to simple math, right? Just putting more pixels on the screen, and the more pixels you have, the more crisp and clear the picture is going to look. So what you have with 1080p is a very nice picture, and what you get with Ultra HD or 4K by 2K, which they call it as well, um, is that you get four times the resolution of 1080p. What we're doing is just cramming more pixels in there. So we're going from having 2 million pixels on screen to having over 8 million pixels on screen. As TVs get bigger in size, 
it's going to become even more important that that 4K plays a bigger role because you want more pixels so the picture still looks as crisp. You don't want to compromise on the picture quality. Now, over time, though, we have to wait for the content providers to give us Ultra HD content. Yeah, so that's um, the big challenge, right? That that it's Ultra HD is something that the manufacturers on the TV side um, are working on, and many expect to have a solution out this year. But the other part of that is content, right? What do we do with without 4K content? So um, many service providers have actually um, announced some form of 4K technologies coming soon, as well as streaming providers. So um, Netflix showed their 4K solution at CS, and a few other streaming providers um, have also chimed in. And uh, what you'll end up seeing is that more and more will adopt 4K and start to introduce it. And um, not to mention that many of uh, of the content that you have out there now will be upscaled to 4K. So even your current content will look good, better on a 4K television. Isn't that equivalent in terms of resolution to what you get in a movie theater? Yeah, that's actually a good way to, to put it. Yeah, it really is that same uh, resolution. So therefore, when I get to see Man of Steel, the new Superman reboot this June, and I'll see it in the movieplex, and it will be 4K. All the digital special effects and everything that Christopher Nolan produces for a film. And then maybe in a couple of years, I'll have a Ultra HD set at home with an Ultra HD 3D Blu-ray, whatever, all mixed into one. And I'll see that in my home. And it'll be like Superman is flying into my living room. I hope I don't get jealous. My wife will be looking at him and not me. <laughs> Carlos, in the remaining few minutes we have left for your appearance here, tell our listeners where they can find more information about Vizio and what they should look out for. You can always go to Vizio.com for all the latest and greatest information. We have some great technologies launching this, this year. Most recently, coming soon, and I can't actually just speak on the date yet, but um, at CS we introduced our whole new line of M-Series, and you will see this line um, in stores this summer. And it's exciting because the design got that much better, thinner, slimmer, sleeker. Picture quality is amazing, and the smart TV apps are just um, much better. So it's a whole new user interface. It's faster. It's cleaner, sleeker. It's more efficient. I mean, just um, you'll see everything from a 32-inch all the way up to an 80-inch. And large size is an area where you'll see Vizio focus um, heavily this year. So you'll see many large size SKUs. And as in usual Vizio fashion, you'll see them at a great value. This will be the M series, which is a step up from the E series, which is the one I have right now. This is the next step up, and it's going to be Better picture quality, better interface, and even a better remote, right? Yes, all around. I mean, it, as, as uh, you said, this is the step up line for E-Series. And across the board, just a much more premium experience. And it, it, it just, I think what gets me excited the most is just the whole new industrial design. It looks phenomenal. The base looks interesting. I saw a picture of the base of the set. And it really yeah, stands I mean, out. It almost like makes it look like suspended. In a sense. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the neck, it's actually a an entire die-cast metal neck. And what that allows the TV to do is just adds much more stability. And like you said, it just makes it look like it's in suspense right over uh, the base. So it, it, it's a very clean ID. And um, you started seeing the new industrial design with our computing line 
then in our sound bars, and now our televisions. So um, not only are, are, are we raising the bar in terms of technology, but we're also raising the bar in terms of uh, design. And I should just mention, although we don't mention too often, we have one of their VB337 Blu-ray players, which replaced an old three, four-year-old player. My wife uses that for her exercise videos, okay? She absolutely <laughs> adores that player. She says, this is so much better than the other one. Why didn't you throw out the other player quicker than this? She's just raving about it. Really fascinating. We appreciate that. Carlos Angulo is the marketing manager of Vizio. If you go to Vizio.com, you can check out the products, check out the future products, and learn where to buy one. Carlos Angulo, thanks for joining us this week on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pilla, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. In an emergency situation, would you drink contaminated water? You could if you had the amazing life straw from MyPatriotSupply.com. LifeStraw is the most advanced personal water filter available today. It filters contaminated water from almost any source. LifeStraw is lightweight and compact, perfect for hiking, camping, or in an emergency like a flood. LifeStraw is easy to clean, comes with a one-year warranty, and has been used worldwide since 2005. Get the amazing LifeStraw personal water filter at MyPatriotSupply.com. Plus, check out Survival Seed Vault, 20 seed varieties for only $37.95, Tatler Canning Lids, long-term storable foods as low as $69. 
$99.95, and much more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Enjoy stress-free shipping on all orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927 or visit MyPatriotSupply.com. That's 866-229-0927, MyPatriotSupply.com. For emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Start life over. Spend more quality time with your family. Take more vacations. Own your own business. Be healthy and earn the kind of income you've always dreamed of. Is it possible? Yes, with Longevity. First, you've got to see the video that is turning the medical industry upside down. Go to HealthyBody13.com. That's HealthyBody13.com. Watch this video. Then pre-register for the Spring Longevity Convention, May 2nd through 4th in Las Vegas, Nevada. And guess who will be there? Hi, I'm Dr. Peter Glidden. I'm doing the Healthy Body Challenge, and I'll see you at the Longevity Conference in May. Hi, this is pharmacist Ben Fuchs, and I'm taking the Healthy Body Challenge, and I will be there. Hi, I'm MZ, Michael Zwirling, owner of KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz. I'm taking the Healthy Body Challenge, and you bet I'll be there. Take the Healthy Body Challenge, and don't miss the Longevity Convention in Las Vegas, Nevada, May 2nd through 4th. For more information, go to HealthyBody13.com or call 1-800-360-8695. That's 800-360-8695. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com, and he always brings us a wealth of very interesting information. But what we're hearing now, and this is not something that should come as a surprise, that PC sales seem to be down in the dumps. Can you give us some specifics? Yeah, so uh, down 13.9%. Global PC shipments have shrunk, according to an IDC study, uh, from Q1 2012 to Q1 2013, a uh, huge, huge drop, the biggest since they've been tracking the market, which has been around 20 years now. Now, the interesting thing here about that, though, is Gartner did a similar survey. They came up with 11%, and then the percentage of max sales increase or decrease is at polar opposites between the two surveys. Yeah, it is. Look, there's no, there's no question that you know there's there's some differences in how bad it is but there's no question that it's bad there's no question that pc sales are are in decline so do we look at windows 8 as being the culprit or is it possible that nobody whatever operating system could have done any better i think there's i think there are a couple of reasons one the market was declining before windows 8 and it's declining for reasons that i don't think um, most people understand most uh, the, the conventional wisdom is that PC sales are declining because people are buying tablets and smartphones instead. If you look at the sales numbers, you'll see that tablet and smartphone sales obviously are healthy and growing, while PC sales are shrinking. That's correlation, not causation. I think what's really going on here is that new PCs are not giving you enough reason to replace your old PC. So the PC is becoming an appliance. So if you buy yourself a new microwave oven and it works well and it serves your needs, how often do you replace that unless it breaks? PCs are becoming that kind of appliance. In order to get consumers excited about buying a new PC, OEMs are going to have to do something different. The thing that was different that they were trying to do was 
bring touch and bring Windows 8, but that has actually had the opposite effect, according to IDC and according to uh, you know logic from anyone who's used Windows 8. It's it's a turnoff for users. So now not only do they not have a great reason to upgrade, they have a great reason not to. The thing I worry about when I read about all these PCs is this emphasis on convertible notebooks. So it's a PC, no, it's a tablet, you twist it, you turn it, you turn it upside down, whatever, and you make it into this Rube Goldberg kind of affair. Do you think trying to put too much into one product is one thing that's causing customers to look elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of these products are not are not great tablets and they're not great notebooks. They're the worst of both worlds. So I can totally understand why somebody doesn't want to buy a product like the HP NVX2, which has a tablet that pops off the keyboard, but the keyboard was absolutely horrible when I used it. Um, now they've dropped the price, but originally it was $850 for it. You know, the tablet part of it was okay, but no match for an iPad or even a, Next, even a Google Nexus 10 um, at twice the price. So really the problem is they're not, they're, um, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. None of the products that has come out that's a hybrid is a better tablet than the iPad or a good Android tablet. And none of them is as good a notebook as a dedicated notebook would be because they usually make a sacrifice in terms of the quality of the keyboard uh, or some other part of the user experience. And they're more expensive. So the hybrids certainly haven't excited the marketplace there haven't been many of them that are very good. I mean, I would point to the Lenovo IdeaPad Yoga as one that's interesting. I don't think it's necessarily a replacement for a dedicated tablet, but certainly interesting as convertible. But a lot of them are just bad. But, you know, even if they didn't come out, I think they're not the cause of the problem. They're just supposed to be a solution, and they're not. Now, isn't that also the problem with Windows 8? It tries to be the jack-of-all-trades, the combination of the touch-based operating system for mobile devices and the traditional desktop operating system? Do you think they're just following Microsoft's lead here? Yes, absolutely. They're following Microsoft's lead. Microsoft is trying to have one operating system to rule them all. It's not a bad idea in theory, but the execution is severely lacking. People expect their PCs to be more functional than their tablets. They expect them to be better at productivity and multitasking, what Microsoft has done is they've actually created an interface in the modern UI interface that is less productivity-oriented than Android. So they actually made it harder to multitask than on devices that were made for unitasking, like a tablet. So when you look at it that way, you say, hmm, Microsoft and the PC vendors seem to have forgotten why it is that people buy PCs. They seem to think that People buy, want to buy a PC for the same reason that they buy a tablet. They really should function on being themselves. I mean, that's the, really the problem is that they're trying to be something that they're not. That's like the commercials that Microsoft runs for Windows 8 and the Surface tablet. Instead of trying to be Microsoft, they're trying to be cool. Instead of being cool, they come off as being, frankly, stupid. Yeah, I, I mean, that's exactly the problem, right? I mean, let Microsoft I, be Microsoft. Well, or Microsoft be what they used to be, 
which was a nice open ecosystem that was really targeted toward getting things done. I mean, there's still going to be a, an incredible need, not just in business, but in consumer life, to have a device, to have a product that allows you to do things. Tablets just aren't even close to, to being there and probably never will because of the form factor. So, you know, you don't use your microwave oven for the same thing you use your range for. When microwave ovens came, became commonplace in the early 80s, and I remember when we got our first one, it did not mean that my, you know, parents took, took the, uh, the oven, the range out of the house and threw it in the garbage can. Uh, they just had another way of doing cooking, but they still, when they need to do something serious, they had their serious, you know, cooking stove. Well, this is the same thing with tablets and PCs. Except that you do see more and more tablets having productive functionality. Certainly the iPad, there are productive apps that you could use there. So it's not that you can't do it. And in terms of recording and editing recordings, there are ways to do it very effectively on an iPad. On the same token here, there obviously are tasks that still the PC does better, but Microsoft has to realize that, which is why I said Microsoft has to learn to be Microsoft. They don't have to be everything to everyone. They have loyal business clientele and meet their needs. I'm wondering with Windows 8, did Microsoft actually sit there and do focus group studies to see if this thing really worked in the real world? It looks as if they didn't. Or if they did do studies of that sort, they just didn't pay attention to the results. And <laughs> Maybe they're hidden somewhere. Who knows? Well, depends who you ask, right? I've, I've taken briefings with them, and I have asked them things like that. Have you tested this? They say, oh, yeah, we've tested extensively. People love it. Uh, they must have know, people who live in bubbles that we can't visit or know about. Or they've said things like, look, you know, people have an initial reaction, but then once they try it, they, you know, once they really get into it, then they understand why it's it's valuable. The, I think the biggest issue with Windows 8 that is actually even bigger than the lack of a start menu is the low information density. So I remember reading uh, Jacob Nielsen's uh, article, Jacob Nielsen's commentary about this. Obviously, Jacob Nielsen, the, the great usability expert, you've had him on your show. Sure. And one of the things he pointed out, which I noticed instinctively but didn't really realize was a big problem, is that Windows 8 apps show less content on the screen than regular Windows apps. Everything's spaced out. The fonts are bigger. The, the, you know, there's larger pictures. It's all meant to be an attractive-looking, you know, almost magazine. But when people are on the PC, that's not what they want uh, for the most part. They want to be able to get things done. And yes, there are productivity apps out there for tablets, for Android, for iPad, for, you know, obviously Windows RT or for Windows 8 that, that run in the modern UI. But when you are sitting down at your desk and you have the room, which, you know, people do a lot. I mean, when they're working, when they're in student, uh, when they're at home in the living room and they really want to get stuff done, the windowed interface works really well, and one of the things that's really good about it is that it gives you a high amount of information on the screen at the same time. We'll get into more of that in a moment. We have this high amount of information to present. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. 
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi. This is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. How's your pH today? Are you acidic? How alkaline is your blood and body? What is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615, 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. We're talking about the differences between tablets and desktop computers, about Windows, this traditional Windows, like Windows 7 which I guess would be the best version of Windows, and the Windows 8. And with Windows 7, you sit there, you get your work done, you're not overwhelmed with eye candy. And even to some extent, Apple has done that. That, yeah, there was eye candy in OS X, some of it taken out, some of it still taken presence in the operating system. But when you sit down and get work done, you have plenty of space on the screen, however big a display you want, and you could be free to do the things you have to do and get on with your life. They're not playthings. They could be used as playthings, but they're also designed as work machines, Mac or Windows. But Microsoft seems to have forgotten that with Windows 8. I've used Windows 8. I'm not telling you that I'm ignorant of this. I've run Windows 8. I've tried real hard to get used to it, but it always holds me back. That's not good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the problem, right? So, yes. You can, I, I have articles up about this on our website. It's not too hard through the installation of third-party utilities to make Windows 8 feel a lot more like Windows 7. So might as well I, use Windows 7. <laughs> that's, that's a good point, right? Because generally speaking, I think the majority of consumers, even though 
uh, you know, they're intelligent people and know how to, and could learn how to do this stuff. They don't go and mess with the defaults a lot. So, you, yes, you can go out there and you can download a program like Start 8, which will make it move directly to the desktop and then hide the start screen from you. But why should you have to? Uh, I think a lot of people don't look at an operating system and say, well, you know, I really hate this operating system, but I can live with it if I can just install a bunch of utilities. Now, if you're stuck with it, if it came on your new PC, by all means, read the articles, fix up Windows 8 for yourself. But I think that there's a lot of people out there who are looking at this and saying, well, why do I, I don't want a new PC because it's going to mess with how I work. And so in that respect, Windows 8 is hurting sales. There are definitely people out there who are saying, you know what, I, you know, I, maybe I'm going to stick with this computer a little bit, this old computer a little bit longer because Windows 8, I don't want it. And it's certainly not doing what Microsoft intended, which is having people say, oh, you know what, I really have to get rid of this 2010 notebook and buy a 2013 one because I want Windows 8. That That's not happening. You know, I don't see this demand for Windows 8. And I think during the early part of the public beta process where they had the first preview releases of Windows 8, and people got a gander at this, and I'm seeing tech columnists who would normally give Windows a pass. And I have no problem with Windows. I mean, I prefer the Mac, but with Windows 7, I can get in there and get my work done, and I'm perfectly comfortable with it. I don't have to go through a lot of nonsense to set it up. I use it and I get on with my business. I am not a tinkerer, you know. I've, yes, I've written books and articles about tinkering with your OS, more Mac than Windows, but I'd prefer in my personal environment to turn the thing on, do my business, and get on with my life and not put up with nonsense, not put up with obtuse interfaces. And that's the problem with Windows 8. I can't spend more than half an hour on that thing without screaming. See, what what gets me is, uh, just this past week, I reviewed a new Android tablet, the Samsung Galaxy Note 8. Now, Samsung is one of the most innovative companies around. They're innovating on top of Android. They're doing all kinds of neat things with software. Well, guess what? Samsung makes it easier to multitask in Android than it is in Windows 8. There's something really wrong with that. It, it, with Samsung's TouchWiz interface, you can now have two windows split the screen so you can work on two things at once. In Windows 8's modern UI, can't do that. In fact, that's one of the things we are hoping Apple will do with iOS 7. On an iPad, be able to have two Windows apps side by side and work on them both. That's something lacking in the iOS. We hope they'll add that. Android has that feature. But here's the point. We expect that Apple will get around to doing something like that. I'd be surprised if they didn't. But Microsoft can't figure out how to produce an operating system for desktop computers where they make it difficult to have all that information at once. I mean, I've been out of business. I mean, I'm sitting here right now. Let me tell you an example, neighbors. Okay? On my Mac, I have Skype open, having my conversation with Abram. I have Audio Hijack Pro capturing the audio. I have a program called Sound Studio in the background with the audio waveform files from the episode of our other show, The Powercast. So I have three document windows, three apps open at the same time. Not a lot, you know. But how do I do that under Windows 8? Well, you go to the desktop interface. Exactly. And, and some would say, okay, that's fine. Windows 8 is fine because it still has that. 
it's really clear from what Microsoft has done that it doesn't really want you to use the desktop. It's a, it's an app. It's a hidden, it's not hidden, but it's, you know, it doesn't boot to it. When you want to go search for an app, it takes you through the start screen. What it's encouraging developers to do is to build Windows 8 apps, not build desktop apps that run in a window. So the future as Microsoft sees it is a future for unitaskers. It's a future where you can only see one thing on the screen at a time. And then you maybe can dock something off to the side to get a little preview of it, but you can't use more than one app at a time. So yes, I think with Windows 8, it's all possible. You still have your desktop. You still have your Windows. I think what's offensive to a lot of people is that it's really clear that Microsoft's priority is to, is to stop that. I mean, they've started to call desktop applications legacy apps, like, uh, this is just old stuff. It's like DOS. This is the past. The future is less information on the screen, uh, big giant fonts and big giant pictures, so I can do less. But actually, I think that people who are making tablet software realize that what people want is to do more at once, not less. Does that mean then that there is some sort of hybrid place that's going to happen in mobile operating systems where they take on more and more of the properties of a desktop computer, but not too much, not to overwhelm the interface, not to give you a Windows 8? There's some middle ground, a real middle ground. I think... I think the middle ground is is leaving the decision up to consumers. So what's neat about uh, things like Samsung TouchWiz on top of Android is you could run two apps, but you don't have to. You can do things where you really need the pen to navigate around, but you don't have to. It's a perfectly good touch interface without it. So it's really a matter of providing choice. Rather than deciding how people are going to use your product, let the people give people choices and give people options. What Microsoft has been all about with the modern UI is taking your choice away and telling you that this is how, this is how you're going to navigate. So, okay, we want you to, to use things full screen now. That's how you're going to navigate now. We want you to you know, we want you to use apps that have these, that have really big pictures and, and don't put a lot of information on the screen. We could have fixed it so you could split the screen between as many apps as you want, but we don't, we don't think that's good for you. So we're going to, we're going to only let you dock one app off to the side. What it, what it really is, is it's, it's sort of like going, I remember a friend of mine went to a restaurant once where, the waiter came and took the salt shaker off the table or something because they said that you can't put salt on my dish. Uh, that's what <laughs> Windows 8 I'll tell you what, if I was the guy in that restaurant, they did that to me. They'd be calling the police to arrest me because of the fuss I'd raise. But go ahead, please. I mean, but that's the point. That's what Microsoft is like. It's like a chef that doesn't want you to mess with their, their creation. They have worse than Apple. Apple gets criticized for that. Yeah, well... I think the problem here is that Microsoft is taking the wrong lessons from the rest of the industry. They've looked around and they've seen that Apple's successful operating a certain way, and so they're trying to operate the same way. But I don't feel I have that kind of restriction under OS X or iOS. Yes, there are some things in iOS you can't do, such as run apps from outside services without jailbreaking, but that's another story. 
Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you can save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems. 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231. And the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night How Live. And we're seeing here that Microsoft, evidently with Windows 8, is making too many decisions for the customer. And as I said, Apple gets criticized for that, for the walled garden. But really, I feel tremendous amount of freedom navigating in both environments. But doing the things I do every day, running multiple app windows... Microsoft wants to prevent that, and that was one of the big things, of course. Going back to the 1980s and 90s, you wanted to be able to multitask, and Microsoft doesn't believe it anymore. That's what's so strange, right? I mean, I understand that some of the metaphors that we use in the 80s and 90s uh, you know, just may not totally make it. I mean, we, you know, we, we certainly don't, you know, like... You know, we don't necessarily need to type at a command prompt anymore, although some of us enjoy it to, you know, get into the terminal and all that. Of course, under OS X, you go in terminal, you do that, and, of course, we have a Linux server for our website, so guess what? Sometimes I have to do the command line. You know, it's understandable that over time certain things would evolve in, in computer interfaces, but they shouldn't just change for change's sake. They should change because it's progress. And progress should really be measured on productivity. It should be measured on are people able to do what they want faster and more easily with fewer steps. If you're making people take more steps to do the same thing, that's not progress. Now, if I'm Steve Ballmer at Microsoft and I see this train wreck, and seeing that the media, the tech analysts, and a lot of customers predicted this would be a train wreck, how does Microsoft fix what ails it? We don't want to see Microsoft go out of business. I mean, we had the Mac versus PC wars. We had Apple versus Microsoft. But at the end of the day, you look at people. People work for these companies. If they go out of business, people lose their jobs. That's not good. So Microsoft succeeding, Microsoft innovating, that's good for the industry because it makes everybody put them on their toes. They have to innovate too. So how does Microsoft save Windows 8? They're in a tough position because I think they've really doubled down on their position. They were hearing this criticism for a long time. I don't know if they still are internalizing it because journalists like myself, a lot of us came out and said, you know, we really think this interface is going to be a problem for some people. But there wasn't absolute consensus. There certainly are Windows people out there in the world who like the Windows interface, such as my friend Ed Bott, who's a big-time Windows journalist. Sure, who, sure who thinks that this is, you know, who I respect a great deal, but disagree with on, on the merits of the interface. But the, I think that Microsoft internally, every time we meet them, every time we talk with them, 
they're very much on message about this and saying, well, look, we're not saying the desktop is going away. We're just giving you more choices, all that. But I think they have a problem. Well, I know they have a problem. The question is, do they know they have a problem? I think now that these reports have come out, Microsoft's stock has been hurt by the reports that they've seen, you know, that they've been kind of lambasted not by, you know, us in the press, but by the public and by analysts who say, hey, look, the PC market problems can be attributed to Windows 8. I think now that the numbers are out there and the numbers are negative, now they might actually do something. They didn't really listen, as you pointed out, who knows what their focus groups were like, but they certainly didn't listen to the feedback that was coming from the media. And now that they're getting feedback from the public, are they going to act on it? Is is just giving up and bringing back the start menu going to really help things? I mean, it would certainly help sales of some of the current notebooks, but I don't know if that's really going to help with their strategy, and I don't know if it's going to save the PC market overall. They're going to need to find a way to, you know, to to kind of make what they've invested in this useful. Is it a matter of maybe um, having better apps that come preloaded? Is it a matter of maybe giving users the choice of, of what they're using in, in, in a choice of interfaces? I think the biggest problem with Windows 8 is that you can't live in either interface. So if you want Windows and you like them and you, you just want that productivity interface, uh, you may be forced to go through the start menu for different things. If you love the start menu and you like everything being big and touch-friendly, you may be forced to go through the desktop for a number of things, including the control panel and the file manager. The apps that come for Windows 8, the preloaded apps, which they've been in the process of upgrading but are still terrible, are, are just awful. Windows 8 Mail that they have, I'm sorry to say, is is garbage. It's like, not usable. Let's kind of put it there. You're calling it garbage. I say it's unusable. The email software is unusable. I kind of think here, if we're going to look at solutions, that Microsoft offer a solid permanent way to go back to a traditional desktop interface with all the control panels and settings intact. In other words, like a Windows 7.5. For those who want a modern UI equivalent, they do that, but they fix it up. Maybe they call Jacob Nielsen in. You know, send them, you know, five or six million dollars. I'm sure he deserves it and I'm sure he's worth it to come in there and say, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And they buckle down and spend five hundred million dollars to do it to fix Windows 8. Otherwise, where does this train wreck go? I I mean, I think it's a problem. I mean, I think what, what I think they should do, obviously, they need some expertise uh, maybe they even have the expertise in the house and they're just, they're just more interested in the marketing message that Windows 8 sends than the usability experience. What they need, what they need to do is they need to A, give, give users a choice. And that's not necessarily mean a different operating system. What, what a, what a more interesting hybrid experience would you have if when you bought one of these, uh, hybrid computers, you got the touch-friendly interface when you pulled the device off of its, you know, off of the keyboard and used it as a slate. And then when you popped it back in, you got the desktop and you could run all the same apps across both. 
that I mean that would be that would be the good experience would be give me the right interface at the right time instead of instead of let you know we'll force you to use this interface whether you like it or not I think and then with the modern UI as Nielsen has pointed out there's just a lot of problems with it while it is you know touch friendly more touch friendly than the desktop it has all kinds of hidden navigation Heck, you can't even see what your battery status is at, you know, at a normal time. Notifications just kind of disappear. Uh, I mean, even if you're comparing modern UI by itself to Android or iOS, it fails as a touch UI. It's not as, it's not as robust and helpful as the competition. Huh. I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to be in Microsoft's shoes right now, looking at the sales figures, looking at the comments, and thinking... Oh, boy. I have to continue to promote this train wreck. Wow. We've got a lot more to cover in our next segment or two. We have Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. And, of course, I'm Gene Steinberg. That means you're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Chicago is a virtual battlefield. More than 500 shooting deaths in 2012 have made Chicago the murder capital of America. Proof that gun control doesn't work. Disarming law-abiding citizens ensures that only criminals have guns. And Rahm Emanuel and the Chicago machine want to keep it that way. If we can't stop them in Chicago, we may lose the whole battle. But there's hope. On April 9th, we have a chance to send billionaire Mike Bloomberg, Rahm Emanuel, and his Chicago machine a crystal clear message that we have a natural right to defend ourselves, our homes, and our families, and that they need to keep their hands off our guns. Illinois Republican Paul McKinley is sending that message in a bitterly fought special election to replace disgraced ex-rep Jesse Jackson Jr. Every vote, every voice in support of Paul McKinley is a stand against the gun-grabbing Chicago machine. Will you stand up and defend your gun rights? Call 800-979-1555. 800-979-1555. That's 800-979-1555. 800-979-1555. Paid for by Tea Party Leadership Fund PAC. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. The Tea Party Leadership Fund.com. Imagine waking one morning only to find your family shivering in the dark because you couldn't afford to pay your electric bill. That's closer than you think. You probably haven't heard about this yet because the liberal media has been suppressing what is fast becoming the most shocking news story of 2012. Obama's secret war on coal that could increase your already high power bill as much as 400% in coming months. As shocking as it sounds, 
It may well be just a matter of time before the lights start going out across America. But here's some good news. There's an underground video at Exposed123.com that thousands of smart patriots have used to end their slavery to the corrupt electricity monopoly. The video at Exposed123.com has already been banned by Google, and the liberal media is doing everything in its power to take it down and keep America in the dark. So watch it now at Exposed123.com before it's too late. Again, that's Exposed123.com. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and Body Extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for long and healthy life. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We're talking, of course, about Windows 8 and the crashing PC market, but there's a lot more to talk about. And so, for example, right now, in this quarter, we're seeing the arrival of new flagship smartphones. So within a short time, we'll have the Samsung Galaxy S4. Have you seen a shipping version yet, Avram? Nope. Uh, we're expecting to see one real soon, though. So ho- hopefully, uh, keep thing- hopefully, fingers crossed for sometime this month. But, uh, yeah, no, haven't seen a shipping version yet. Obviously, I was at the event and got a chance to, to play with it there. Very impressive software on, on the device. Now, the other phone that's big this time is, of course, the HTC One. And they had some problems getting those out. They're starting to ship now? Just starting to, yeah. I mean, their HTC has a couple of problems with the supply chain. One is that their device is much harder to build uh, because of its unibody design. And the other is that they're too small of a player now to get the kind of priority service that a Samsung gets. So basically then, if a Foxconn, for example, gets an order from HTC and they've got an order from Samsung and they've got an order from Apple, who do they go to first and who do they serve first? Yep. I mean, it it may be Apple, it may be Samsung, but it won't be HTC. Now, the phone itself, have you worked with a shipping version yet? HTC One, yes. Okay. The camera. We had a discussion about this a while back where instead of being... 8 megapixels or 13, which is very popular now. They've got four, but they're supersized pixels. Does that help with the picture quality? They're ultra pixels. Excuse me, super ultra. I'm thinking of super because we have the Man of Steel, the Superman reboot, coming in two months. My prediction for ultra pixels is that they're going to stop using that terminology within six months by the end of the year. I have no evidence to support that except for the fact that ridiculous marketing terms like this don't last. Uh, but 
the low light performance is better. That said, four megapixels is four megapixels, which means that if you have, if you take a picture of something and you zoom in on an area and you want to crop it, you will see some blurriness or pixelation because you don't have as much data being captured. Aha, that's the key. So basically, so, then maybe they could take eight megapixels and find a way to improve low light performance with software and lenses and algorithms and everything else. Yeah, I, I mean, the issue is we understand that more megapixels does not necessarily mean a better picture. I mean, what's really important is low light performance because it's very rare in life that you have perfect sunlight. At the same time, if you don't capture enough data and then you try to zoom in and crop something, you will see the, you will see the problems. So yes, we're not all printing out poster size images of, you know, the photos that we've taken of our families. We're generally sharing them on Facebook where people aren't looking at them even in HD. That being said, if you want to crop in on something, if you want to zoom in on something, that's when you start to see the issues with capturing fewer megapixels. Are we in a situation here where maybe HTC did a miscalculation, figuring they could save money on four megapixels, which doesn't make sense to me, or they were fooled that this technology did more than they thought it would? You know, I, I don't know. The market has yet to really rule on HCCs. I think most people are pleased with the low-light performance. Uh, I'm going to withhold judgment on how it compares to, say, the Samsung Galaxy S4's camera uh, until we get one in and we can actually do a side-by-side. So far, I don't think we've seen a single smartphone where the camera was exactly what we want. I think, you know, like the Lumia has a pretty good camera, but not perfect. We've seen Samsung's cameras, okay, not perfect. HTC's previous efforts, you know, didn't quite match up to the iPhone in a lot of ways. So I think the market is still waiting for a really good smartphone camera. I would love to see Nokia's 42 megapixel pure view technology be used on a decent, decent phone, though. All right. Well, otherwise, with regard to the HTC One, considering the problems with camera. Is this a competitive product? Is this something where people will honestly look at that against iPhone 5, Galaxy S4, and say, maybe I'll take this one instead? I think it's got, sure, I think it's got a shot. I think the biggest problem is going to be distribution. Is HTC One going to make it onto all the carriers that it needs to make it onto? Are they going to be able to fulfill the orders that they've, that they've taken? Is the, just the pure marketing strength of Samsung going to beat them? Unfortunately, for HTC, having a good design does not necessarily ensure success. HTC has always had among the best-looking phones in the market. They've always had excellent screens. The hardware has always been top-notch with HTC. However, their sales haven't been, and it has. I think it has a lot to do with their marketing message. I think it has a lot to do with their ability to distribute across carriers. I think that their distribution and marketing are really going to be the determining factors, not the product. The product is really solid. I don't know if personally if I'd prefer it to a Galaxy S4, but it is certainly a, a really solid product and certainly deserves to be uh, considered against the iPhone and the Galaxy S4. Now, this overlay they have, which is kind of like a feed of news and things like that. 
Is that something that really is a positive, or would you just rather turn the thing off? I'd turn it off. Okay. Blink feed. Uh, so what Blink feed is, is it's a social feed that appears on your home screen, and it, and it shows some of your updates on Facebook, and it shows news, but it doesn't show your email because it's an email is too important to put it there. So it's kind of an entertainment-focused thing. So for some people, they may like that, but then... I don't know, when I open my phone, I kind of want to see particular things. And so I want to go and, and tap on something to launch a shortcut. And in order to do that, you have to swipe over to get your shortcut. So it's an extra step. I don't know that I'd want to be bothered with that extra step. Uh, but I think some people will appreciate one feed. I, I don't think it's a reason to buy or not buy the phone. There are plenty of Android widgets out there that will give you a social feed on one of your on one of your home screens so it's not really a uh, per se and particularly compelling feature uh, at the same time HTC as you know is coming out with the HTC first which is the first phone that has the Facebook home UI on top of it and that's another one that really prioritizes looking at your social stuff over actually getting into your apps and they have to wonder there whether that is going to sell. But isn't that something that probably could be added to any phone ultimately? Uh, by the way, I heard that the original mock-ups for this new interface from Facebook were developed under Apple's Quartz Composer. Did you hear that? No, I did not. Very interesting. Part of the OS X code. All right. There you go. All right. Let's look at the comparison. Hopefully you have a few more minutes to spend in our next segment. Sure. And that is looking at the Galaxy S4. Now, the hardware is something you'd expect from the way hardware is improved. From what I understand it, the case doesn't look altogether different, you know, slight dimensional differences. Right. And I have a Galaxy S3, so I'm familiar with it. Okay. The key here is the custom apps from Samsung. They're creating more and more of their own ecosystem. This is something that we've gone into in the past. But we're seeing here that the big improvements in Android technology have nothing to do with Android. They're all about things that these smartphone makers are adding to their own devices. Doesn't that continue to dilute the message of Android? I mean, obviously, HTC is adding this feed overlay to the Android interface. Samsung is going to bury it completely, you think? Yep. Well, they're both, uh, HTC has done a pretty good job of burying pure Android as well, because if you look at the HTC One, they have only two navigation buttons, home and back, uh, whereas most Android phones have three navigation buttons, and we've just gotten in one in the LG Lucid 2 that has four navigation buttons, and they don't all do the same things across phones. And that, so of course, they, drives people nuts. That That is something that... Uh, I don't like is that the nav buttons aren't even consistent across phones. I'll that tell you what, before our sponsors drive us nuts, we have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. What do you do when your government is engaged in unconstitutional acts? And what should you do when our elected officials fail to uphold their oath to protect we the people from foreign and domestic enemies? Hello, fellow patriot. I'm Pastor Broden of the Constitutional Defenders of Texas, and we have discovered a constitutional answer to these questions. The answer is found in the First Amendment to the Constitution. The fifth platform in the First Amendment is the answer to our government operating in an unconstitutional way. The right to peaceably assemble and petition redress for grievances. Redress means to set right to amend. It is a remedy for a wrong or an ill perpetrated against we the people. Sign our petition for redress at c.x.com. That's c.d.o.t.x.com. Redress equals solution. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. 
Hey, from Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And we're talking about inconsistencies from Android to Android. I mean, if you take a Mac and a Mac, you know what it is. And it's consistent. Even Windows 8. I take Windows 8 with my Dell notebook. I take Windows 8 with my HP notebook. I know I've got Windows 8. You take an Android phone. What is it? It is a phone that can run any app in the Google Play Store. And that's what's really important, is that there is a, a set of apps that can pretty much run across any of these phones. So there's a consistent, huge ecosystem of apps. That being said, the interface can be slightly different. That allows for innovation. There's some consumer confusion, I guess, if you pick up one device to another. And you'll notice in the marketing that Samsung doesn't even mention Google or Android anymore, which isn't so good for Google. But the fact that there's a common platform does have great benefits for users, even though there's a lot of diversity. I've always thought it's a win-win. That being said, I wish that there was more consistency in things like navigation. Having different navigation buttons do different things on different phones, when these are, that's a core part of the interface, is, is kind of lame. Uh, at the same time, you see great innovation going on. I mean, this whole dual window interface, that's all something that Samsung has added to what Google did. Now, you could argue, and I certainly would argue, that Google needs to watch what these partners are doing and learn from them instead of just sitting pat like it's doing now. And it needs to actually add some of these features like pen support, multi-window, things that, that it sees Samsung and LG and HTC doing. Because clearly these companies know something, and they should learn from their partners. Microsoft has learned from their partners in the past. A lot of the features of Windows 7 were third-party utilities at one time for XP. So things like the you know taskbar, the you know the awesome taskbar that you could drag icons around. Those were things that you could do with special utilities in the past. Microsoft built them into Windows 7. Well, Google should learn from what its partners are doing. But overall, I think it's a win for a win for consumers. They don't have to wait for Google to, to get off its stuff and innovate. They have several different companies in Samsung, LG, and HTC all trying to innovate. Right, but doesn't it still dilute the message of Android? I mean, if I'm a casual customer and I buy a Galaxy S4 and I'm using it, you know, unless I add lots of apps and look around, I'm not super conscious I'm running Android. You know, I run a Mac. I know I'm running a Mac. Windows, I know I'm running a Windows. iOS, I'm running iOS. With Windows Phone, I know it's Windows Phone. But Android, you know, you wonder here whether Samsung, for example, could develop a parallel app ecosystem and fork off Android and goodbye Google. They could. They absolutely could. And, and they have the power to do it also. Some people believe it will be Tizen. Uh, which is an operating system we're working on with Intel, and they'll be launching the first Tizen phone later this summer. So all they need to do is create some of the same user interface features for Tizen, uh, and, the, and they'll have a similar experience, but ultimately they would also have to get developers to build apps for it. Now, since they're Samsung and they control a huge chunk of the market, it's not inconceivable that they could do that. That is a little scary and should probably scare Google into doing a, a better job of with the core operating system. But, you know, I think what has made Android successful is its flexibility and what will keep Android going is its flexibility. What Google needs to do is it needs to make its version of Android the most compelling. 
It needs to make its services and its apps the most compelling. Now, maybe this is why Google, in many ways, does not seem to be as in love with Android as users and, and vendors are, and why why Andy Rubin, the guy who was the chief of Android, is out, and they replaced him with the guy who runs Chrome OS. Now, the other but, thing here, too, is that Andy Rubin helped engineer the acquisition of Motorola Mobility. In the end, was that a good thing for Google? It's so far out of their field of expertise, and we realize Motorola makes good products, but they're still not doing very well. It's a real shame what's going on with Motorola Mobility, and I really hope that the people at Google will step up and help Motorola instead of just drubbing it in the press. Motorola has made some of the best smartphones over the past few years. Their big problem, just like HTC, is marketing and distribution. So all their good stuff goes onto Verizon, and then they dump their their garbage onto you know AT and T and Sprint rather than coming out with a great flagship phone like the Galaxy S4 that they can release across multiple carriers. But Google so far, maybe they're doing something nice behind the scenes, has done nothing but kind of make negative comments about the company they acquired in public saying their phones lack wow and lay people off. That's not a great way to show confidence in the company that you just bought. That said, we all know that Google bought Motorola for the patents and not for the hardware division, and they might be better off selling the hardware division to someone who really wants it, uh, as opposed to kind of holding on to it and then just and gutting it. If in the end this results in some really high-quality phones made by Motorola, that then it will be a win for consumers. But so far, we're not. We're, all we're seeing is Google kind of be, you know, be sort of the Joan Crawford mom to Motorola. The other problem being here is that having Motorola there, in other words, a competitor to HTC, to Samsung, to LG, the competitor in-house, that sends still a very mixed message. Of course, Microsoft confronted that, too, with Surface tablets, which they wanted to present as a design point, but we're seeing nobody's building Surface RT tablets as a result. But in the end here, do you think that maybe... Google's solution is to exert more control over the platform, especially getting the software updates out. It's ridiculous to have people buying brand new smartphones and it's running a year old operating system. Google should exert more control, and it's hard to understand why they don't. Is it that they don't have the power and influence to do it? That seems quite surprising considering everything that they've done and, and, and their position in the marketplace. So I'm not really sure what's holding them back. Car- yes, dealing with carriers is a problem. It seems that Google has a hard time um, maintaining or building strong relationships with the carriers. That's why they released the Nexus. They didn't release the Nexus 4 on any of the major carriers. You buy it unlocked or you buy it from T-Mobile, but you can't get a Verizon Sprint or AT&T version of it. And you can't get it with LTE because for some reason the carriers wanted to put crapware on it and Google didn't want to go for that Google doesn't have, I don't know what it is, the gumption or the influence that Apple has to just say no. You think of Google as being kind of a juggernaut in terms of search, but when it comes to the mobile operating system, it seems they've kind of wimped out. Yeah, so is is the problem their strategy that they don't want to be aggressive, or is it it that they just don't have the power to be that aggressive? Either way, that's kind of kind of sad and certainly not to anyone not to almost anyone's advantage 
yes, Samsung would, would love to break off and have its own ecosystem that's completely apart from Google, but it certainly wouldn't be to the marketplace's advantage to, to gut Android. So, you know, sometimes I just wonder whether how much Google cares about Android because they keep pushing the Chrome operating system and then you, you kind of see a real slowdown in the amount of innovation that's taking place in Android. What innovations have we seen in, in the last year? Jelly Bean and Google Now were, you know, were cool when they released them in July. But then you saw the Android 4.2 update that was buggy and a joke. Meanwhile, all the innovations taking place at Samsung and HTC. So do they even care anymore? <laughs> what a question to ask. That almost starts another discussion. Avram Pilch, where do we find more of your stuff? So you can follow me on Twitter at, at Geek and Chief. Read my weekly columns at laptopmag.com slash geek and keep up with all of our coverage at laptopmag.com. And of course, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can find Gene Steinberg on Facebook if you look for him, and you'll probably find that he's me. You can also go to technightowl.com to find our web portal. That's technightowl.com. And then we have that other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. This week featuring award-winning newscaster George Knapp, who will be talking about such mysteries as the Skinwalker Ranch. All that and more at theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Avram Pilch, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.